This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. There is a word especially for you. Well, hello, welcome once again to our weekly internet broadcast, Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Brother Joel Lewis, and thank you for tuning in, and thank you for uh, continuing to support this here program here. Hey, Amen. this show is set up. This show is set up to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you can be in Christ Jesus. I'd like to say uh, hello to our partners that's, uh, that help support Granny's Place. I'd like to say hello to our founder, Sister Beverly Beasley, and her staff, over at Granny Place, which is a non-profit organization, which is attempting to meet the needs of our young people. And we say attempting to reach the needs because we know that those things may change, but we want to be in the flow of things. So, you know, what? Well, you know, because this is a religious program, and we serve a God that changes not. But, you know, he changes things in the, in the frame, in the, uh, let's say, in the fullness where we can accept those things. Our God is the same, but the things around us changes, and guess what? God is aware of that, and God is okay by that. He's not intimidated. So we want to use the tools that we are presented to make a difference in the world. This Internet program, we pray that it makes a difference to the listener. This uh, the, the program that we offer, that we share with you, we pray that it makes a difference. We have been blessed for the last uh few months for some great guests. We thank you for calling in. We thank you for your support. But we're going to continue to go on with the business at hand. I'd like to say hello to our um uh, to our mentoring team over at the uh, Dallas Life Foundation. Uh, we was over there yesterday, and we talked to several guys over there that's in the mentoring program, and the guys are truly being blessed, and uh, they are, they have a vision. They have a goal. They say, hey, we're going to make a difference. And, you know, and before I go any further, I'm going to give you this number. I would like for you to call to speak to our guests. We have a, a great guest coming up. We have two guests coming up here, matter of fact. And, but uh, I would love for you to call in and just uh, say hello to our guests and ask them some questions here. Amen. Uh, number the calling number is going to be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again, let me repeat that number. It's going to be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Give us a call and just uh, and just say hello to to me or say hello to our guests. And we have uh, Mr. James Reed is coming up here shortly. He's from the Church's Church Prison Coalition, which is a program set up to help. To help our uh our uh ex offenders in the aftercare program once they get out of out of jail once they they time have been served what you do next you know what where do I go how do I get a job how do I get an ID how do I get back in the in the scheme of things here how do I be productive in today's society and that's what this program is all about helping those that's less fortunate because guess what someone helped us I didn't get here by myself. It was through the grace and the mercy of God. And it was by people that walked beside me and encouraged me and to challenge me to be all that I could be in Christ Jesus. we like to say hello to our uh, uh, church family, uh, Shady Grove Baptist Church, Pastor Morgan his and uh, First Lady Sister Yolanda Morgan. Good morning to you. Say hello to our jail ministry team, Sister McBride, Sister Gwendolyn Jackson, and all those that's associated with our women jail ministry. I'd like to say hello to our men uh, ministry, jail ministry, Brother Ricky Henry. Good morning, our Brother Ricky Henry and Reverend Walker. God bless you, Reverend Walker. Reverend Walker is the head of our uh, Trinity Jail and Prison Ministry. He's been laboring for quite a number of years in the vineyard. And guess what? He hadn't finished yet. He's not tired yet. And he continually do the thing that God has put forth for him to do. 
And also we'd like to say hello to Pastor Terry over at the First Free Will Baptist Church as where we host our computer training class. We've been going on over there for, for a year and a half, and the young men are being blessed, and they're eager to come out uh, into the computer class. And that is so, and that is a blessing because, you know, you ought to find something that you're excited about. You ought to find something that, that, that drives you to do better and find something that you're willing to share with people. You know, I do a lot of ministry. Now, occasionally I meet people that say, I ain't going to help nobody. I ain't going to support nobody. And it, it breaks my heart because, you know, I remember somebody helped me. Somebody supported me. And they told me once I got myself together, and I didn't really know what it was all about. They said, man, when you, when you get yourself together, you to go out and help somebody else. And, you know, that same day Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, say that's permission to sift you. But when you are restored, Peter, you to go and help somebody else. I got to thinking, man, you know, this is something that's already been settled in heaven. You know, and I got to think about the enemy. You know, the enemy don't want to just take everything from us all at once. He want to sift us. He want to take our joy. He want to take our peace. He want to take our sanity. And you know what? All that stuff have a little attack. Well, you know, people say, man, you ain't like you used to be. Man, you don't have things like you used to do. That's because we it's been a sifting in our in our life, but glory be to God, and I'm going back to God now because this is a religious program, you know, it's an information program, but we but we keep Christ uh, in the in the center of everything that we do, you know. There's a sifting going in here. I mean, the programs like this and programs that we present to you is a uh, is set up to help you stop that sifting for you to be an encourager, for you to be a helpful so, to someone else. And now we're gonna bring our guest on here shortly. But I did want to just say hello to our young men over at our computer training class, Pastor uh, Richard Terry that's over there at the Free Will Baptist Church. They're located in the Duncanville area of Dallas. And now I have to rem- uh, remind the listening audience and myself, this is an Internet program. So this program goes beyond Dallas County. It goes around the world. We had guests uh, from California. We had guests from Detroit, Michigan. We had guests from North Carolina. And guess what? You are our guest also, regardless of where you are now. You're part of this your program, and you're part of this ministry, and we thank God for it. But as we get ready to uh, go on with the show, and uh, we just want to just continue to do what God asked us to do, we're going to uh, dial up our first guest here, Brother Reed here, and we're going to play this musical selection. And as he's uh, and, and as we're calling him up, we would like for you to just be blessed. And tell somebody about us, okay? Just take this moment to call him and say, hey, man, Free on the inside is old man. They got a great guest on there. This young man's going to come here, and he's going to talk about how to be involved in the jail and prison ministry in the aftercare program. He's with the Church Prison Coalition, and he's doing a great work in, our, in, in the jail uh, in the jail portion of society. So we want to continually to support them and encourage them and also allow them to be all they can be. Amen? And so as you listen to this song right here, uh, we're calling up our uh, first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you right now, young Donovan. He's 11. The problem we're facing right now is we're losing our children. Fathers, we need you. Can you feel me? Good morning, you're on the net. Good morning, morning. you're on the net. Good morning, uh, Mr. Reed. How you doing, sir? Wonderful. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you for being a guest on our weekly Internet broadcast, uh, Free on the Inside. And, Brother Reed, uh, Mr. Reed, would you please introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us about the program, what you're involved in? Yes, no problem. Um, I'm James Reed, and I work with a nonprofit organization called the Dallas Leadership Foundation. And the Dallas Leadership Foundation is an organization that does community development, strategic planning, and strategic partnerships. My role there is I am the director of an organization called Church Prison Collaborative. And Church Prison Collaborative is designed to work with a number of churches across the board um, to work together to come out and do a comprehensive reentry, prison reentry uh, resource plan for people who are coming out of prison. 
Amen. All right, great, great. Now tell me now, what is this uh, uh, this program? How do uh, it makes a difference on our inmates that are being released? Okay, one of the very things that uh, that we found that uh, working with these offenders that is imperative that we must uh, spend the time in terms of pre-release wise now. I want to say this is that there's a many of churches who are coming into the institutions and doing great things. And I really want to be able to give them um, the props. Uh, but the challenge is that um, the real question lies in where is the church when these individuals are being released? And so what we're trying to do is through this church prison collaborative, we set up a a pilot program down at the Hutchins State Jail Unit, where is our faith-based initiative program, where we've gotten churches involved and in taking these men who has have have a six-month or nine-month sentence left on their uh, on their sentence, and what we do is we bring these churches in and create these programs to where they can go through, such as substance abuse programs, spiritual development. Uh, cognitive thinking, financial planning, parenting skills, and anger management. And so what we do is that we set it up like a school, and these men go through these particular modules uh, three times a day, two hours per day. Two, I mean, I'm sorry, two hours uh, per class, and it's a five days a week class. And what we do is that um, – we do what we call a pre-assessment and post-assessment so we can begin to identify the impact that we've made uh, since this individual have come into our program. And then once that is done, 30 days to 60 days before they get released, we do a transitional reentry plan that allows them to be able to look at the resources that they need and identify where and how those things could be accomplished. Now, once these individuals complete this program and they're getting ready to transition, we offer what we call post-release transitional services. And these post-release transitional services consist of housing, uh, where we provide housing, we get them clothes, we help with their IDs, we help with driver's license, birth certificates, bus passes, cell phones, food. We get a match with a mentor. We take them through a work development program and then we track these individuals to really get a true evidence approach about how it's been impacted. Now, I can say this, truly, that what we found out was was that when these individuals go through this program, if these individuals receive transitional services that we provided, our program has had a 10% recidivism. And what we found that even when they didn't receive any of these services, the recidivism rose up to 40%. Hmm. So you can see the impact in terms of what happens when you are there working on the pre- and post-side. And that's why I really, uh, really like the fact that when these churches come on board and they get involved, that they understand the value of what it is. It's not that we're just coming in to preach the gospel, but we need to make the gospel relevant to these people and that they can be able to see Jesus in a sense where it's not so much, and I don't want us to get me wrong here, is that when a man comes up to you in the prison and say, I need a pair of shoes, it shouldn't be all about, well, let's pray about it. Jesus, where he was the person who made things relevant, in people's lives, and I think that's what the church is really need to get at is to make a reverence. You're so right. You're so right. And as we uh, go down to the jails, and I'd have met you uh, different uh, occasions down there, that we know that there's a great need. Now, James, uh, now how would churches get involved in it? Was it large or small? A lot of times we know about the big mega churches getting involved in it, but also there's a need for the smaller, the homegrown churches to be actively involved in this type of ministry because, you know, that's where you get your growth at when you're there, when you can be a one-on-one mentoring there in a small environment. How would a, a church get involved in something like this? Well, what I try to do is, first of all, uh, I get a chance to meet with uh, the people who are uh, considered to be the leaders of the church 
And what I try to do is uh, I, I give them a, a church survey to fill out because I want to really know in terms of what it is that they have been doing in terms of prison ministry, what they have not been doing in prison ministry, and what they desire to do in prison ministry. Through that survey, it helps me to begin to try to understand how we will be able to better go in and communicate some things to help them to get involved. And uh, the other thing is is that um, in order for them to be able to get involved too, they have to get certified. And that means they have to go through the TDCJ volunteer training. And so once that is done, um, then what we can do is we can talk about, based on the survey, talk about some of the things that they can possibly do in terms of their prison ministry, whether it is pre or whether it's post. Uh, normally what we try to do with churches who are just beginning in prison ministry, we try to really get them going during the post side because it really gives them opportunity to work with people who are coming out of the prison system. And then once they get used to that, then we begin to start working with them inside the prison system. Because you know as well as I know, inside the institution is a whole other different world. And so yes, it is. understanding that culture and understanding those very things, I think it'd be helpful for them to understand the people first as opposed to understanding the system. Hey, so, hey, hey, hey man, yes. So if, if they desire to want to get involved with that, you know, all we have to do is give me a call, and certainly we would uh, come and visit with them at their church and talk about the opportunities that we have and um, take them through the process of being able to get certified uh, through the system, and then we what we do is is that we can be able to get them uh, committed to doing a project once a week down at the unit. All right. Now you said something about uh, getting the, the inmate a mentor. How important it is to have them matched up with the right church? Because we know that you know sometimes we go there and we feel disconnected. Doing your survey and your observation, or your Attempting to reach the needs of the uh, uh, of the inmates through the church facility. How important that is to have a, a matching uh, connection there. Well, what we found out was too is that um, it didn't work uh, as strong as what we thought it was when the inmates got out of prison, and then we began to start matching. And what I, what we found out was was that the mentoring needs to begin on the pre side, okay. and then then the mentoring continues on the post side. And what I say is because oftentimes when people get out of these prisons, um, we need to be able to really understand the mindset of these individuals once they get released, understanding that they're coming out of an anti-sociable environment and then they're coming into a pro-social lifestyle. We need to understand that coming from a place where you only made one or two decisions a day to a place to where you have to make 50 or 60 decisions a day, it's really a challenge. And so, therefore, what we found out when they got out and we started matching with them, we forgot that it became so overwhelming for these people to be able to deal with the day-to-day issues that even trying to put someone in their lives and have them to say, hey, hope, don't do this and don't do that, we found that it was probably more great of a challenge. Now, it does work, don't get me wrong, but the fact of the meeting is the challenge was greater. So we found that if they start from a pre-side, they begin to start developing this relationship and this trust and understanding the dialogue and how this individual mentor is communicating and how the mentee is communicating back. And once they get released, um, then it's a better transition that will take place. Now, how we go about matching is, is that we we look at the gender, age, hobby, uh, of interest, uh, uh, and also we. I want to make this clear too, is that we do not uh, work with non-violent offenders. I mean, we don't work with violent offenders. I'm sorry, only non-violent offenders. Those who may have a third-degree felony, like a check theft or credit card or something of that nature. So we match them up based on those particular areas and demographics as well because we definitely want them to be able to make sure that they can get there to where they live at. So that, that And then we take these mentors through a, a training 
uh, a six-hour training, and then we bring them back three months later to do a retraining. Uh, and then what we do is we uh, have a mentor and mentee fellowship, just kind of share each other's experiences and hopes that we've had with one another and uh, and see how we can be able to be a help to them. All right, all right. That sounds like that's a quite a... Uh, uh, quite a program there, and I see the success rate in that that you, you already shared with us is real high because I see the care that's involved in that. Now, uh, uh, Jane, now, we, uh, now you had said earlier that, that the inmates that you are dealing with are nonviolent offenders, which is a great thing, and that's a good thing for the churches and anyone to know that, that, hey, you don't have to be concerned with this person going off the deep edge or anything. But, uh, uh, I, but I just wanted to uh, for you to share with us about the uh, mentoring portion of that, how important it is to have a, uh, uh, for those guys, uh, young men that's coming out of jail, to have a mentor with them. Could you share well, that with That's important because what we, what we found is, too, is that mentoring uh, can be a way of uh, holding these people accountable to the very things that they need to accomplish while they get out. And also, it could be important because mentoring becomes an advocacy. Mentors are advocating on behalf of these people because these mentors can have the ability to speak with people or come into existence with information that they may have not be privileged to have. And then once the mentor has an opportunity to watch them and to see how they're making progress, they can be able to speak to people about getting jobs and given opportunity for work development programs, those kind of things. And it also helps them to be able to get connected to a good church. Uh, the mentor would, 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 would come to him from a spiritual side. And, and what we don't want to do is that, that the mentor always make decisions for the mentees. We want the, the mentors to help with the process of making decisions. And what we found out is that when those individuals began to start spending more time cultivating their relationship, um, we find, too, is that um, it has a great impact in, in, in recidivism as well, uh, where people wind up staying out of prison because they've made a connection with some people who really have become stakeholders to them. They have invested their time and effort in order for them to be able, and they believe in these people, and understand that these people are really in positions of opportunity. And so that's what we think how important mentoring is. It's so important because the Bible talks about the relationships of what mentoring is all about. It's scripture, it's scriptural, and that there was accountability in the, in the lives of all the, the, the men that God was working with and who God had with um, in the Bible. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And I'm, I'm glad, glad to see that this program is making a difference. Now, James, on the flip side of this here, as the guys that went to the program and they start be, uh, being able to be reunited in society, have you saw them uh, uh, coming back and being a part of that program, or can they actually be a part of what, you, what they've been exposed to? Uh, great question. Uh, yes, we've seen uh, where men have gone through this process and now, have reached back, and I want to say this is that I myself, uh, I have a, a history of uh, being a heroin addict for 18 years, and uh, I've been out of prison now for 26 years. And one of the very things that I said to God was, was that, Lord, that um, I'm going to die so these brothers could live. In other words, that I was going to make a commitment to go back and get those brothers that I left behind. And I and I and this is one of the messages that I certainly make it very clear to all our program participants, all our inmate program participants, about the goal in mind is to get yourself prepared, to get ready to come back and come back and get the brothers that you left behind, because right. we see the impact of what it is that when these people come back, that that they can tell their stories and tell their testimonies about their social and economical struggles and spiritual struggles that they've had, but yet they persevered and allowed them to be able to come back and be able to help them. Now, in order for them to do that, right now TDCJ had just changed the policy 
where it used to be they had to wait for 18 to two years now. But now CDC has changed the policy that they can wait for nine months and come back in. But with the mindset of they have to show, they have to show TDCJ through someone like a pastor or or, or, or a mentor or someone to indicate what impact have you had since your release in your community, in your church, with your family, in your workplace, and in your spiritual developed life. So if you can show that as a result of them, they're willing to open the door and let us come back in now. All right. That's a blessing there. Now, Jane, and now, uh, do y'all have something in place just as a uh, – uh, appreciation to show the uh, ex-offenders and the mentoring that you appreciate what they're doing. Do you put together a banquet? Or I have a picnic or yearly. Or what is y'all doing on the social side to, uh, the, you know, to bring about a, a fullness of a individual? Wow, that's man. Y'all tell you hitting on some good questions here, man. Um, we, I, I tell you what we, what, what I found out was I got very frustrated with the fact that the media. Uh, began to start always putting out negative connotation about people coming out of prison. And so God has spoke to me about being able to create a platform for these men and women so that, that the public and the communities can see that these men have made tremendous strides, these women have made tremendous strides in terms of being what we call no more of a liability but have become an asset. And so what I did was every year now, this is my 10th year, every year we honor those men and women who've made a successful transition from prison to community where they have made an impact in volunteerism, community, uh, family, church. And what we do is we bring them back and we have a big event in the park. We have 300 people out there. We have vendors. We have free food. We have games for the kids. We have door prizes, and we give out awards, and we give the recipients money uh, uh, as an appreciation, a little token of appreciation to show how much we are really proud of them making an impact. So that's what we do every year. We, we bring them back to show the community that these men and women have made great strides and not only just themselves but helping others now since they got released. And so I want to invite you to our 10th annual uh, Praise in the Park celebration this October, and I will keep you posted on on, on the uh, time, and it will be held at the Jubilee Park over there in East Dallas. Right, I'm familiar with that park there, great. <laughs> so and the reason I ask because, uh, you know, as people are developing a sense of connection with the community, they want to be able to give back. And sometimes in the church environment, we tell people, you ain't ready yet, you ain't there yet. No, 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 no. Let these people be effective, let them be used. And myself, I went through some things, and, and I had that same urgency to, hey, to give back, to help someone. And that's what we're doing here. And, James, I am so honored to have you on this show here. Brother, I see you, and I know that you have a heart for what you're doing. And, and how long have you been involved in this? I know that uh, overall now, I know that you went through different aspects of, of ministry, but how long have you been involved in the jail and prison ministry? Uh, 21 years. 21 years. Hey, 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 guess what, Jay? And, uh, and you've seen it change a lot, and you've changed a lot in that 21 years. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I tell you, hey, that's true. That's true. I've changed a great, great deal a lot to uh, to really begin to start seeing how truly uh, that I remember that I was useless, but now I'm useful. <laughs> I like that right there. And you know, James, I done uh, met guys during my ministry uh, at various times, and I share with them. I go down to Hutchinson, and they ask me, "Do you know James Reed?" So I know it makes a difference, brother. <laughs> I know it makes a difference in life. And the guys, <laughs> you know, when they speak your name, and I say something about you, their eyes light up, and they say, "Hey, man, I know about this program, and he helped me get licensed, and he helped me talk, uh, get a place, or whatever it may be." You know, yeah. and I know that it, it makes a difference in their lives. And, and brother, you are doing things that last e- uh, eternity in these men's and women's lives here. Amen. Well, now, James, now, 
Uh, are you able to? Uh, now I know that Hutchinson is just a men's facility. Now, are you able to work with the women also? Do you have a staff that, of dedicated women to be able to meet the needs of our young ladies that's incarcerated? Yes, we do. We are in partnership with the uh, at Dawson State Jail uh, with a program called Hope Literacy Program, and and that works directly with the women. And so, yeah, we we definitely do uh, uh, service to them as well. Um, and that uh, we we certainly have opportunities for women to to get involved on the pre side as well, if they choose to desire to do that. Hey, hey, oh, hey, man. Now, Jane, uh, we're getting ready to wind down this. Will you please uh, share with our audience again how to get in touch with you and how to be a part of what you're doing and and how to bring churches along uh, on board and let them know that this here is a worthwhile uh, this is a worthwhile program and this is something that's you know, there's a cost involved there. First thing, people want to know how much it costs. But a lot of times, you can't put a price tag on stuff like this. Right. You can't, you can't exactly. put a price tag on it. Right. And so would you just share with us uh, uh, how to get in touch with you and, and uh, what steps it takes to be involved in a ministry like this? Okay. Yeah. Um, you can get in touch with me at uh, 214-777-5520. And uh, our office is located at 3101 Greenwood, Dallas, Texas, 75204. And um, and certainly give us a call. What I would do is set up an appointment uh, for you to meet with us down at my office, and then we can necessarily take you through uh, the uh, the vision and the mission of our our, our ministry. And, and then take you through the process of what we need to do to get you certified and get you trained as a mentor, and um, and then we can just see where the Lord lands. So uh, so that that's you know that that's how you can be able to get in touch with us and get involved. And certainly, I, I'm really looking for more churches as I speak uh, because we're getting ready to. Um, the warden down at Hutchins State Jail has seen the impact of our faith-based initiative program. And we're we're having 116 men in that program now. He wants us to take over the whole building, and uh, and and which is uh, actually going to be 454 men. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 254 inmates uh, in that whole building that he wants us to take over and create it as a faith dorm or faith building. So uh, we're excited about that. So that means I'm going to need more help. All right. Now, now, oh, James, I, I want to ask you this. Now, as you go down there and do your program, what how's your program structured? Just briefly. Now, uh, I know that it, it changed, but how did it is structured when you want uh, when you go in and doing a program? Okay. Basically, what it is is that, um, like I said, is that we have several programs that go on each day, uh, two hours uh, per day. I mean, I'm sorry, two hours per class, three classes per day. Now, it's set up to where as though each offender uh, goes through processing and applies for the program. Um, they send me an I-60 and request that they want to be in the program. Then we then we take them through an orientation. The orientation tells them about the program, et cetera, et cetera, and they must have six to nine months left on their sentence. Um, and then once those individuals have enough time on their sentence, they also are identified whether or not they're gang members or whether or not they have uh, mental issues or those kind of things. And those individuals, are we don't accept in our program unless uh, there is there is a, uh, a, a, a warden who decides that they, they, they want to give this guy a shot because he's changed. Um, and so once he gets into the program, we put together 12 leaders within the within the, um, the program that's responsible, and I want to be mindful of this, is that the program is this, has been designed, 80% of the program was designed by the inmates, not by me. All right. By the inmates, because they have to have a buy-in to this concept of how they're going to live in it. And so they were the ones that came up and created these, these uh, rules and guidelines and that um, we meet with them regularly, these 12 leaders that's in the program, we meet with them weekly to help them become even more positive leaders within the community, within the program. And so um, so basically they go to class every day, and no television is allowed, only on weekends. 
Um, we listen to gospel music down there. We got uh, videos. Uh, we have counseling, case management going on every day. And so that's pretty much what it is. And then we have, you know, churches come in and facilitate and to teach class and teach the curriculum. So that's how it's set up. And we hold them accountable to make sure they go to class. We have attendance uh, being taken and uh, and all that stuff. All right. That sounds great. That sounds great. That's a worthwhile program. Now, James, now, uh, uh, there's so much we could talk about, brother. I keep, uh, well, the ear is here, but things pop it up. Now, Juvenile, this this program that we uh, that we have here is set up for Juvenile. Do you have any dealing or working with our young men that's, uh, that's in Juvenile? No, um, unfortunately not. No. Um, now, uh, I can tell you this, though, is that in our uh, organization, we have a youth uh, development organization, um, but it's not designed so much to work with the juveniles that are incarcerated. It's so much as working with those individual kids who are in high school preparing for college. And okay. so we have a program that helps those particular kids in neighborhoods that uh, we work with uh, through our community development program. So oh, that the sounds great. That, you know, we don't we don't do any uh any work with juveniles in the institution as of yet. Oh, Re- yeah. Rena, I say that because I do juvenile ministry also, and I have an opportunity to go down there to the uh, youth village in Matlock, and I try to encourage the guys that they want to they want to end it right there. They want to go down the street to the Hutchinson uh to the Hutchinson prison there, and I know right. that you're doing a great thing where you're trying to redirect the men's minds and to get them. Uh, back into the society, and so I, my hat goes off to you and your staff for doing a great job, James. Thank you again, brother, because you have been a blessing to us this morning here. And as, <laughs> as, as, like as, this, as, as this interview is winding down, brother, uh, keep up the good work, and we know that it's worthwhile. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to go and, and speak to a church today, and I would love to be able to share your portion of ministry, and also give your number out to anyone that may be interested in getting involved in this type of ministry. Be my guest, my brother. Be my guest. Great. James, stay in touch. Please let us know where you're going to have your uh, picnic, brother, because we, we go there. We like to know some guys over there, too. Because <laughs> me and you, we do the same thing, so we'll be right at home, you know. And, and, and James, you have a blessed day, and please uh, feel free to go back and, uh, and listen to this uh, program. Again, it's archived. It's on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to send you a link. Uh, if I hadn't already, and that way you can go back and listen to it, and you can just share a guy. And, Jay, I tell you what, in the future we would love to have some of the guys that are, that are doing great in the program to come and share, tell, you know, share with us about the difference that this program that you're involved in has made in their lives and their families. Absolutely. Love to do it. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll try to schedule it for uh, prior to your uh, 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 your picnic. We'll set it up for the okay. fall of the year. That way we get guys that are really making a difference. If that's Sounds okay good, with though. you. All no right, problem. God bless you, brother. You have a great day, and we'll do this again, okay? God bless you, man. Thanks again. All right, God bless you. Bye. All right. Amen. Great. What a great interview we had there with James Reeves there from the Church Prison Coalition, how he was shared. With us about things that uh that contain in the in the ministry there, and how he was, uh, him and his group was making a difference, and how the young men are being partnered up with churches, and, and how they're developing skills and talent that the enemy had thought had that the enemy had attempted to take it take them away, and how there's a great need for other churches to be involved in this. You know, uh, I've been knowing James for quite a while, and. And as I see him going into the, uh, I, matter of fact, let me rephrase that. As I see him coming out of the uh, Hutchinson Jail, as I'm going in, because I go in in the evening, he's there throughout the day. And I see that the joy that he has for what he's doing. And I encounter some of the people that he that his program had touched their lives. And they uh, and they say, hey, had I been for a program like that, I might be back, I might be in here for longer than what I was in here for. So that program makes a difference. And I'd just like to encourage you, if anyone that's listened to this program, anyone that's, that have a desire to be involved in this type of ministry, you can give Brother Reed a call. He gave you that number to give him a call. And uh, and I would like you to go back and, and uh, go through the archives, and you can hear that uh, him give out that number again. Uh, 
And as you get ready to uh, go on with this program, please give us a call at one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Amen. And we have another guest that's coming on here, and uh, he, our guest is in route. You know, our program we uh, we we talk to men that are very busy, and they always avail themselves to be used by God, but sometimes they're not there. But that's okay though, because we know they have a heart, they have a passion for it, and we're going to try to bring them on here. In just a minute, our next young man, he's got, he got some information he'd like to share with us. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to continue to play. Uh, we're going to play you some music here, and we want you to uh, come on and uh, just give us a call here regarding what does says the Lord. Amen. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear you. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see your DMs like this. Here we go. When God made man, He made a feeling. It was His plan that we reflect. The tempter came. We were distracted. The tempter came. And we fell.
right. We're hey man, I hope y'all enjoyed those two musical selections. That goes out to our previous guest, that's Brother Jay Reed, and what he's doing at the jail and prison ministry. He's going to be faithful. Brother Reed said, "Hey, I want to be faithful at what I'm doing. I messed up at one time, but now I want to be faithful." And we want all our listeners to be faithful. To, from the early this morning to going down to sleep tonight, I want you to be faithful because we serve a faithful God there. Amen. And I'm excited about this program. I'm excited about our guests and everything. And guess what? I'm excited about you. I'm excited about you being a part of this here because you don't have to be. And, you know, we got a report last week that uh, up on our standard rating within this program. We're doing real good. I would like to thank our guests and our listening audience for continuing to support this program here for being a part of what's going on, amen. And uh, and as we get ready to uh, wind down this here program here, and uh, I'm getting some calls here on my cell phone, but I can't talk right now because I want to be faithful to the ministry right now. But we're going to have a little uh, public announcement here, uh, and uh, we pray that you'll be blessed by what's going on right here, and we want you to continually to listen to this program, continually to be an encourager, uh, one to another, and as this announcement come on, check it out. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside, my papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. All right. Thank you, that little Gregory Bunty there. He said that you are listening to Free on the Inside. And what do that mean? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to take a moment out here, and we're going to uh, ask you, as you go to our website, you'll see some pictures and icons on our website. And, you know, one of the pictures said, uh, uh, said, uh, change a life. What do you mean, change a life? Do you know what I'm going? You know what I'm going through. Do you know what I'm up against? There. You know what? You could change a life by just living a good and pleasing life uh, to uh, in front of people. There. That's how you go about changing life through the Word of God. We know we can't do any of this thing apart from God. And then our next picture that comes on there, and it shows a young man. He's praying. You know, brother, we can't do anything without having God in our life, without praying. So those those pictures make some difference. There. Check it out. Check it out. And then you see one of uh, me and, and my grandsons of Gregory, how I'm not walking alone. I got people in my life here. You know, for the older ones, I'll be an encourager to the younger ones, the ones that been through some things. I'll be encouraged to the ones that are about to go through some things or the ones that's in the midst of going through something. Don't tell me you can't help me when you just got out of that mess. Brother, I need you. I can't help now this by myself. I need you to help me out. And then you see a picture on there with me and some more men standing up. Those are uh, a gentleman that was a part of our men breakfast. We have a men breakfast every year. This is our seventh year coming up here. We have guys from all over Dallas that comes out that's involved in jail and prison ministry. They're involved in outreach ministry. And they are uh, just encouraging each other. And one of our uh, breakfasts will call Iron Sharp and Iron. And you know that and that's a powerful thing. That I see brothers right today now. They still say, man, I remember when we went to that breakfast there. And that's and that's on the philosophy and the thought that, hey, where I'm weak at, you can strengthen me. And where you're weak at, I can strengthen you. We are helping one to another. I need you and you need me. And that's the purpose of this program here is to inform you, and to encourage you and to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. And I said Christ Jesus because we can't do anything apart from God. We can't do anything apart from God. After this program, I'm scheduled to go over to uh, uh, a friend of mine. They're having a, a, a breakfast at a church here in Dallas, and I'm going over there, and I'm going to share with them what does say the Lord. I'm going to share with them some ministries which I'm involved in, and I'm going to ask them, and I'm going to encourage them, come on, brothers, be a part of what we're doing here. Come on, that's room for you. God have, uh, have allowed you to go through some things so you could be an encourager to someone else. Come on, Peter. Well, you have been strengthened. You're going to strengthen your brother. And then after I leave that city, I'm going over to the juvenile facility. I go to the juvenile two times a month. This is uh, uh, on the first of Monday of each month and the third Saturday of each month. I go over there to the uh, to the Henry Way, which is the juvenile facilities. And I'm going over there today, and, and it's about a two-hour uh, ministry program, and we go there and we encourage our young man with biblical principles. Yes, we use the Bible. Yes, we use things that's going on today, the Bible, and today, today in the Bible. You can't separate those things there because Jesus used just little parables to make a difference in their life. And we try to let these young men know 
uh, without a shadow of doubt that God is still in charge. Yes, you got the internet. Yes, you got all this music. Yes, you can do whatever you want to do, but it's God that's in charge of all this here. The young men down there, they want to be successful. They're highly motivated. They're very intelligent, but they're not using it in the right contents are not using it the way God wants them to use it for. You know, in the Bible it said that Paul was very intelligent. Paul was very uh, highly motivated. You know, you can read about him uh, in the book of Acts, the seven and eight chapters where they introduced Paul. But you know what? Paul comes to the realization that regardless of all his knowledge, regardless of all his energy, it, it didn't mean anything unless he was using it properly, unless he was using it for the glory of God. And that's what we attempt to tell our young men. You, you know, a lot of them are in there for uh, for selling drugs. A lot of them are in there for uh, or whatever it may be, stealing or whatever it may be. And guess what? The same thing ingenuity they use to sell the drugs, they can turn around and be a businessman. They can be an entrepreneur. They can work for themselves. If you can get somebody to or be able to uh, sell your products on a corner or in an apartment or whatever it may be, surely you can set up a business where people could sell your products in stores and in supermarkets or over the Internet in a legal in a right way here. Young men, y'all are very gifted and talented. Please don't let the enemy steal that from you. And Brother James, he go down to the jail and he see men that they, uh, had been misdirected. And with his ministry and his program, he's trying to redirect their thoughts and not only them, but encourage them to help someone else along the way. Don't live a life without helping anybody. Don't live a, a life without being encouraged to somebody. It's easy to say, oh, let somebody else do it. It's easy to say that I don't have enough in me. Guess what? None of us have enough. I do this program once a week, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't have enough, but yet we do it unto God. And I'm just saying it in a sense because we all feel that. We're pretty sure that everyone that speaks and, and talks and presents themselves to the public feel like that they could have done better. But guess what? They've done it, and God is honored and pleased with it. Throughout the Bible, God used ordinary men to do extraordinary things. I'm going to say it again. He used ordinary men to do extraordinary things. Maybe you're just an ordinary man. Maybe God could just use you. Maybe because of the program that you uh, you done heard and the ministry that you've been presented to you, that you could make a difference in, in someone's life. I would like to ask you to go back to uh, our archive section of this program and, and and go back over some of the the shows that have been that we've uh, put together in the past, and you see, man, maybe I can uh, get involved in this and give you and give the our guest a call or just give me a call. You can give me a call at this number here. That's Three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. You give us a call, and I can uh, refer you to any of the guests that we've had on here. Amen. And we've had some great guests, and we thank God for an opportunity to present these shows here. But uh, and and I will let uh, you know. And occasionally, uh, people say they have a problem getting to the internet. Sometimes they say they have a problem getting to our website. But if you was to type in blogtalkradio. dot com forward slash Granny's Place, G-R-A-N-N-Y-S, Place, P-L-A-C-E, and it'll take you to our archive section. And when you go to our archive section, you'll see myself and my little grandson on there. And just a promo, underneath that, it'll have the feature show, and it'll have a date on that, and it'll have other shows dated on that. Now, we're also sharing this uh, this program with another uh, ministry, which is the First Free Will Baptist Church, with Pastor Terry, you, you'll see him on there, and you'll you'll see Pastor Terry's on this pro, uh, program, and uh, and so his church is called the First Free Will Baptist Church, and we're called Free on the Inside, and so we want to be mindful uh, that that's two ministries, they, but they're serving the same purpose to encourage people. One of them is a is a ministry uh, preaching type program. The other one is an information. An informative and a challenging program, which is our program. But we ask you to listen to both of them, okay? And again, we would like to just say uh, hello to all our listening, uh, to our listening audience, to all our partners, and to you, my guests and friends. And thank you for being aboard. This has been a great show. I enjoy these shows. I enjoy what God is doing. You know what? I'm excited about it because sometimes we don't even know what we got. People that are. We have a, a staff that put together our guests, and sometimes I'm surprised. I said, wow, man, they coming on. I said, wow, you know, I'll be blown away by the guests. And guess what? I would love for you to be a guest. Just give us a call and just say, hey, man, I have some information I want to share. i just call and say hello, and you too can be a guest. 
And I would have said, uh, get ready, get ready, get ready. Ladies, we got an outing tomorrow, Sister McBride, Sister Gwendolyn Jackson. We're going down to the uh, Lusteric, uh Jail tomorrow that's in Dallas, and we're going to do a, a women's ministry down there. And the women are very excited about it. We're bringing on another young lady, Deborah Gladney. She's going to be a part of the women's uh, ministry. And I'm looking forward to it. I go down there and I just sit there, you know, let the ladies conduct the service because it's a women's facility. And uh, and the women have so much to share. And guess what? God can use them also. But uh, And then, uh, uh, yeah, we'll just continually to do the ministry. And I ask you to pray for us because we're doing quite a bit, but we want to do it to the glory of God. Not by power, nor by might, but through his Holy Spirit. And as this show is winding down, Thank you for coming and being a part of this program. I know you could have been doing a lot of other things, but you chose to spend this time with us. And I want to thank you again by to James Reed and the church prison collaboration for what they are doing and the things that they're going to do. I'm looking forward to being at their uh, picnic in uh, uh, August, I believe you said the date was, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. And we intend to have some of the guests that's uh, to come on that's involved in that ministry just to share what does say the Lord and how it's making a difference. Hello to uh, Mr. Booker down at Dallas Life, Sister Johnson down at Dallas Life. Uh, good morning, Edward. As I work in the ministry, he's, uh, he's go down there with me to the juvenile facility. And good morning, Rev. Walker. He's my father in the gospel. He's our director of our prison ministry. Amen, and, uh, and there's so many people i just like to say hello to. Good morning to Brother Ricky Daniel. He helped put together the music. Brother Ricky, give me a call, brother. Give me a call. Give me a call. And also Sister Beverly Beasley and Sister LaShondra Lewis for uh, working in the program. They're the directors and the uh, volunteer coordinator at Granny's Place. As we get ready to wind down, we never leave without uh, extending uh, this prayer to you. Grace and Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this day, this time, this hour. Dear Lord, we thank you for the guests that came on. We thank you for uh, for everything that you have done, dear Lord. Dear Lord, as we get ready to start out this day, we ask, dear Lord, to lead us to someone, to let us be an encouragement to someone, let us be a blessing to someone. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. There is a word especially for you. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.